Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today we have a very special guest, one of the co-authors from Faces of Mental Illness, Sarah Abbott. Sarah is an artist and mother of two with a career in the electronics industry. She has a genuine love for people and all things creative. Diagnosed with bipolar disorder, ADD, and anxiety, she thrives in Denver, Colorado, working full-time as an account manager. Sarah loves spending time with her two boys, Ethan, 12, and Logan, 10, as they are her world. She enjoys being outdoors, anything artistic, and truly gets absorbed in helping others. She's a certified Reiki practitioner and is working towards a psychology degree with with the hopes of one day helping others full-time. She makes it a point to surround herself with fun and laughter as not to take life too seriously. She likes to explore different spiritual and religious beliefs and has dreams of one day traveling abroad and seeing more of the world. Sarah, thank you so much for being a part of this project and and being willing to come on and share with everyone today. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's definitely been a great experience. What um, what would you describe your chat? First of all, your title is my favorite Sour Patch Kid. Um, (laughs) But how would you describe your chapter and what what have you gained through all of us working together towards this bigger mission. You know, I've gained, I've gained so much. I mean, as far as my chapter, it's just my life really um, just kind of raw and uncut of what I've experienced. Um, and I mean, it's, it's definitely been a trip, a road to road to travel, um, but it's been great. Yeah. I've, I've met a lot of amazing women and a lot of amazing people and just hearing everyone's story and, and how different disorders can present themselves has just been so amazing to see how much everyone is thriving and really living with different conditions that are, that are so often a curse for, you know, having a bad life is what people assume, I think. And, and so it's really just been a blessing to see, to see how everyone's doing and how everyone functions. Yeah. And you said my chapter is really just my life, but that's kind of the point of the book, so many people struggle sharing their lives and honestly talking about this because of stigmas or because of judgments and and fears of this world we live in. So, so that's a really huge thing to be able to do. Yeah. You know, I, I learned at a a young age, I was first diagnosed when I was 14 actually. Um, But back in, in those days, my parents really didn't believe in and mental health, I guess they really were just kind of like, Oh, it's just a phase or she's just a teenager or it must be drugs or, you know, so it was very much shunned right away. So I didn't really get my experience with it or really an understanding of what was going on with me until I was much older, um, till after I had become a mother. So it was really hard for a long time to talk about it because every time I would talk about it, I was kind of shunned or shushed. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it's not even you're making stuff up or, quit making excuses or, or I'd get the other reaction of, you know, your, your fate is doom. You know, I would start talking about it and it'd be a very sympathetic, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I never understood, I never understood that because I'm like, it's just part of who I am. It's not, it doesn't define me. It's not, Sarah is bipolar. 
you know, Sarah has bipolar, which is definitely true, but, but I guess it's just, it's become easier the more that I've recognized what it is that I'm living with and learned so much about it and different ways to cope and different ways that you really can thrive just successfully as anyone else. So I guess to me now, it's very easy to say, well, it's just my life and talk about it because I've become so much more comfortable and informed as to where before, if you would have asked me even, I don't know, five or six years ago, I probably wouldn't have even had the knowledge to tell you what was going on with myself. And I think that we all, in, in all of our chapters, we talk about trying to fight it, trying to hide it, trying to will it away, you know, all the different ways that we resisted our diagnosis or our situation. And it really makes it worse. And, you know, when you started talking about it and owning it and embracing it, that's really when things changed for all of us collectively. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, it, at first it was very shameful for me. I'll I'll say it was like, I didn't want to tell anyone and it was more of a secret. And there was a long time too, where I tried to self-medicate and self-manage what was going on with me, which, you know, was, was not healthy for sure, but, but you're absolutely right where it's, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't even want to admit that, that something possibly could be going on that was bigger than me. So, you know, it was very much mind over matter, Sarah, and, and just fix it, just kind of get your crap together, you know? Um, so I've, I've definitely come a long way from there and it's, it's just really honestly such a beautiful thing when, when you can accept and acknowledge what's going on and really live with something, if that makes sense. And that's what we're hoping listeners and readers will gain for all of those, those of you out there in this journey who are in the resisting stage and fighting it. We want you to know, number one, you're not alone. And number two, um, reframing that and learning how to accept it and surrounding yourself with others who understand uh, really can be a shifting point. I didn't know that that was everyone else's experience until I was reading all of these chapters, but it's a unique thread that we all must go through. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's a lot of things came to light for me. Also, I have a nephew who's in his early twenties and he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and that journey and that experience and seeing how the family kind of adapted to that and their opinions on that and, you know, watching his struggles and, I don't know when you don't, when you don't accept it, you can't get help. And a big, a big deal for me was the medication portion of it all, you know, cause I, I barely like taking Tylenol for a headache. So for me to know that there was going to be a medication that I needed to depend on and that I was going to have to live with taking was very challenging for me. Um, but it was put to me really simple one time by one of the life coaches that I worked with, where she said, you know, if you had a heart condition, would you take something for that every day? If it meant your life or if you had diabetes, would you take insulin? And that was so simple to me. Like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I I couldn't live without it. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I physically couldn't do it. And I think there's a component of that, that is so reassuring to me of, you know, it's just a condition that I have that I can live with as long as I keep it in check. And I make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And it's a lot more, I mean, medication is such a small piece of what I've learned and, and what I do on a daily basis. And it's not, it's not as scary anymore. And now when I talk about it, you know, it's, it's funny because, because I still have this little part of me that gets really annoyed when people will wear those t-shirts that say like, 
um, I get OCD over Christmas or, <laughs> you know, the weather is so bipolar in Colorado. And it just, it just kind of makes me giggle. Cause I'm like, we take such honestly serious and life, life-changing things. And we make them so comedical sometimes, like they're a joke when really, you know, they're, they're not, they are things that you have to take care of. You have to take care of yourself just as much mentally as you do physically. And the first step is really just acknowledging that, wow, this, this is something that I need help with. I remember when I got diagnosed as an adult, part of me was extremely grateful and excited. And part of me was really bummed, right? The part of me that was bummed was I was like, wow, life is it's so simple. Once I got my kind of my bipolar symptoms under control, I was like, oh, this is what people like normal quote unquote people go through. I was like, this is a piece of cake. Like you guys have just regular emotions, you know? <laughs> and so I was really relieved. But then the sad part was, wow, like it could have been this easy. And if I would have, you know, acknowledged this and got treatment so much sooner, what, what could have happened, you know, as a youth and as a teenager and could my life have taken a different route? So I kind of had mixed emotions where it was really, it was really interesting to me. So I was super thankful, you know, wow, there is, there is hope that I can, I can have a balanced life. Cause for me, it's, I had extreme mania and then extreme depression. So I never really had just like normal feelings or regular days. I never had a baseline. It was either everything is awesome and great. And I was super happy all the time and partying and life is good. And everyone's awesome and hugging everybody. Or I was like, don't talk to me. Everything in my life is miserable and sucks. So, so I really had no just contentment and to feel that and to feel in control of your emotions a little more. And to just, it's, I can't explain it. It's just really life-changing. And if, if anyone is on that fence of, you know, I feel like I might be different. I mean, look into it, check it out. Cause maybe you are experiencing something greater than yourself. And it's, it's such a less struggle when you have support and you have people. And, and like I said, being a part of this project, I've met so many amazing people that I still talk to just, you know, on a random basis, just, Hey, how's it going? You know, and hearing some other stories, I'm, I use laughter a lot in my life because, you know, you can't take stuff too serious and hearing some other stories. It just cracks me up. And one of the other women on the project was like, you know, it's kind of a joke in our house. If I start cleaning a lot, or I start, you know, really like just scrubbing everything down, my husband will make a joke of, Oh, you must be in a mania state. I kind of like these, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, those are positives. I never really thought of it like that, but absolutely. You know, there's things to embrace about it. And we also all talk about that. You know, we know that this doesn't just affect us. This affects our loved ones and those we live with. And I fortunately um, didn't have to play the medication game. I tried a medication and it worked, but I know you didn't, you have, to go through some changes. I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Yes. Yes. And it's, that part is not the easiest, I'll be honest, but it took us a little bit because I have multiple things going on. I didn't just have one straightforward, you know, this is what you have. Um, <clears throat> I have a couple of mixed conditions in there. So it was what treats what, and I didn't want to be on, you know, five different things, you know, and, and be just totally medicated all the time. But once you find that balance, it's just so worth it. And it didn't take, you know, I'm not talking years or anything. It took maybe six months or so to really fine tune some things. And I mean, we still look at it. I still meet with a medication manager once every like three months. And we just kind of talk about, you know, how are you feeling? Are they still working? So just staying really in tune with it and 
listening to your body. If you do that, it's, it's really not torture, I would say. And I tell clients and loved ones, it's no different than uh, migraines say, you know, you, you can find a medication that works for one person and make someone else sick. So it really is just being patient and trusting the process. And obviously that means finding people you really trust to work with. You can't just go find anyone, uh, but finding qualified coaches and therapists and doctors um, really, it just makes life easier and more manageable. It, it doesn't have to be such a struggle. So I think we're all just trying to collectively let people know um, that we are, we are proud and want others to know that this is not the end of the world. It, it's a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I did, that was, I think that one of the harder parts for me was finding somebody to work with that I, cause I can be a little complicated, a little difficult, obviously. Um, it's, and I'm also a Gemini, which makes me even more complicated. Those not into astrology, Gemini's are twins. So that in itself is a bit bipolar. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of things with me and it was, it was challenging for me to just find somebody because I just expected that all therapists would work the same. And if I didn't like one, then that meant I just wasn't going to like therapy. And what I've learned is, you know, if you go to one and it just doesn't sit with you and you don't feel comfortable, then on to the next one. I mean, it's no different than a relationship like that you have with friends or with a loved one. I mean, this is a partnership to me. And, and when you find someone that you can work with, it's just amazing the results that you, that you get. Thank you so much for saying that because it is the most important part of the process. If you don't work with someone you trust and feel safe with, you're not going to openly and honestly share and get the help available. So I always tell people you're interviewing me and you're interviewing anyone and, and you're allowed to create a list of what you want and say, you know, a young female and, and look for people who meet your criteria. This is a big decision and commitment and you deserve someone who meets your criteria, no one else's. So thank you for explaining it that way. Um, because I think, I think a lot of people do just think I didn't like this person. Therefore I don't like all therapy. Right. And it's so easy to give up on that, you know, because you go into somebody and you open up and you're vulnerable and I don't know anybody that gets super excited about being vulnerable, you know? And so you feel like you're standing there naked and exposed. And if you don't feel that comfort, I mean, there's no way you're going to be able to share intimate details you know, but when you find that person that fits, it's just, it really is so beautiful. I've had the same therapist for years now and she's absolutely wonderful. And I went through a lot. Um, and I started counseling and therapy when I was a teenager. So I went through so many different types of therapy too. My parents first thought it was drugs. And so I went through a lot of rehabs and things like that. And obviously none of those did much because that wasn't the problem. Um, and, and, you know, just explored everything from Reiki energy healing to hypnosis to, I mean, I went outside of the box and just found what worked for me. You know, it's, it's not just some cookie cutter. This is what, you know, this is what it is to get treatment or to get support. And, and I really, that's probably been one of the most important things for me to realize, because I think so many people get turned off by the thought of therapy or counseling because it has this negative dictatorship. You know, I'm going to go to this person and they're going to just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And honestly, good therapy doesn't work that way. You know, a good therapy is where you have conversations and discuss things and it's a partnership. It's not 
you know, one's better than the other or higher than the other. Right. And I, I actually feel like I'm working for you. Like these are your goals, your, you know, it's not my agenda. I might have suggestions or input, but it's your life, your goals, your path. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's so many out there too. So many ways to be supported. Like there's so many resources that it's, it's unbelievable. And when you start surrounding yourself with a good therapist and a good support system and like-minded people, it's just, it's amazing. You see how common it is, you know, just to have a mental illness and be living with it. There's so many people I've met that I'm like, I would have had no idea, absolutely no idea that you had any kind of mental, I don't like mental illness. I like condition better, but that's just (laughs) my personal opinion. That's why we we were intentional, very intentional about how we chose the title because, because of these stereotypes and misconceptions. So uh, we are hoping to change all of these things and break stigmas and let people know you said your parents weren't super supportive in the beginning. I don't know if that shifted, but you certainly found support. So it really is important to find, I'm a vegetarian and people tease me and laugh at me for being a vegetarian. It's no different than anything else. You know, you, you do, there will be people who mock it or have their own preconceived notions. But when I'm around other vegetarians, we don't have a problem. <laughs> so if you just find, you know, those, those, your, your crew, uh, did your parents have a shift? They have. Yeah. Um, it, it became, I think what happened was I had more of a shift and they just kind of adapted with me because it wasn't so much that I was trying to go to them for advice as help as much as it kind of shifted with me that I was more trying to educate them because I learned so much about it. And so now we have open conversations about it. We had a barbecue for my dad's birthday last night, actually. And there was, I'm the baby of five. So there's a lot of, lot of people in my family and we were sitting at the table and just, they were actually having a dialogue with me about it, which was unique, but asking, you know, how does it feel? You know, how are you doing? And so there has been a shift. I would definitely say there's still some people that are a little more like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just Sarah kind of, kind of vibe, which is okay. You know, they'll get there or they won't, but, but yeah, a lot of my family and especially with my nephews, you know, newer diagnosis and things like that, they're really becoming more open to the idea of, oh, you're right. You know, there's some things that you can't just power your way through, you know, mentally like that. Exactly. And we are hopefully giving so many people permission to share your stories and embrace them because that really is part of living successfully with whatever diagnosis. I mean, if you have a broken leg, you have to learn to use crutches. So whatever issue you're facing, um, thank you so, so much. What is there any, any last words, final thoughts you want people out here to know? Just don't give up on yourself. Even if you're totally alone and feel like you're going crazy, you might be going crazy. (laughs) You know, you might be having, you know, something going on and, and just don't, don't ever stop advocating for yourself and just know that you'll, you'll find the right support. And there's a great group of people and great outlets and just have that, that mindset of, you know, it's, I once heard, is it normally abnormal or abnormally normal? And I, I just love that because, because who's to say, who's to say what normal is and, and life just is so beautiful. And, and when you just, when you put yourself out there and you, 
and you advocate for yourself and you do the research, it's life can be so much more simple and you can really start enjoying life instead of constantly questioning things or being, you know, in a, in an unhealthy state. Thank you so much to everyone listening. This is such an amazing topic for this show. Always be ruthless in taking care of yourself and finding the right person to work with and owning your life. So thank you, Sarah. And until next time, everyone always stay ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.